And then I smacked the bee out of the sky. It dropped to the ground. And that was like my fucking don't mess with me. What is this hatred for bees that you have, man? That's, uh, that's oh, something dude. you need to reconcile. <laughs> not dude, I love nothing more. You know the best is you're walking and you see a bee and your step goes an extra meter to the right and you stand on it <laughs> and you feel it crunch. And you go, dead bee. Dead bee bee. No, I've never killed a bee. Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Even while we sleep, we will find you acting on your best behavior. Turn your back on Mother Nature. Everybody wants to rule the world. This is the new look. What's um? What's what's going on? You're so far away. <laughs> what is this? What is this mounted on? Is that like a fan or something? This is a new relaxed pod. What? Is it, what am I looking at, dude? It's unbelievable. What is that? For you. What's that black what? thing? What's that black thing I'm looking at? What black thing? It's like half your screen is obscured by this thing. What is it? Oh, re- really? Wait. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. That's my camera. Oh. Okay. Wait. Let me move it. Let me move. It. Oh, there. Is that better? Oh, no, it's fine. I was just, I, I wasn't sure if you were trying to make it like. Oh, no, part no, of man. It. I'm not getting, I'm not getting artsy. Dude, waiting <laughs> for you is like, um, I imagine how a dog's life, you know, when the dog just keeps checking that uh, little uh, windowsill at the front of the house, everything they hear, they think, oh, the owner's back. <laughs> My only friend's home. My boys would do that. They'd sit up on the back of the couch and just stare out the window for you to get back. Dude. To think it's like waiting for your prison release. Like they, they basically, 85% of a dog's life is just waiting for the owner to come back. And the thing is, you know how kids, in a kid's mind when someone, when they go away, they assume they're never coming back. A dog can't even ever get beyond that. Yeah, yeah, object permanence. Yeah. Yeah, object permanence. The dog just thinks every day. That's why they're so stoked when you come back. They assume you died. Well, because for them, it's been... Like, it might have been 10 minutes, but it's it might as well have been four years. You're celebrating effectively like on a helicopter rescuing someone from an island when they thought all hope was gone. <laughs> yeah. and, gone and you go, oh, dude, he's so excited. And you're like, of course he's excited. He literally had mourned you. He had mourned you. He thought you were dead. He had gone to your funeral. And then suddenly this hand came out of the coffin through the sand. And he goes, Josh, he's back. Josh, he's back. Oh, my God. You're fucking back from the dead again. Every day he's back from the dead. Oh, and Christ has risen. Man, I am fucking, I had this epiphany over the break. Yeah. Well, not really, but I had this idea that... <laughs> okay, you had a thought. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, I was looking at the road dogs and the comics, and I, re- I think bitterness is a disease. Bitterness? Yeah, I think that's what kills all comics. I think every comic is less funny because of that peering over the neighbor's fence. Like, I was in a good mood today, and then I saw James McCann at um, the Mothership, photos <laughs> of him on stage, and then in the, the green room, and I was like, oh... I'm going down south to yelling up for a holiday. I'm like, fucking kill me. I All week I've been excited. I'm going to yelling up. There's a pool there. We're going to do shit. 
Then I see McCann on the fucking mothership stage and I'm like, I hope we die in a crash <laughs> on the highway down. <laughs> Fuck you, McCann. I want to be in there. And you know what the thing is? You probably hate it. You hate it all, dude. That's the perspective you get. You don't really like we you don't really want what anyone else has got because it actually sucks. Like over Christmas, just interacting with people is hard. How how was your Christmas, man? How was your how are the how are the kids? How was the hacks? Well, I've got such a joy now because I've abandoned all social any social structure. Like I'm just free. I don't believe time's linear, so don't celebrate New Year's. There is no calendars. <laughs> There's just I don't interact with people. Man, I, don't... I bet I bet you had way more social function than no, I did. I, I I had none. Guarantee it. I I basically even the Uber driver was like, leave it at the end of the street, cunt. I don't want to even risk seeing you through the window. Man, between the twenty third and the third, so Wednesday, I didn't, I didn't see anybody at all. Oh, dude, I didn't do anything. I, uh, I slept through Christmas. I slept through New Year's. Oh, I- mate, are you on Seroquel? I'm on Seroquel now, <laughs> which can basically just remove time. No, no, from no. The calendar. no. This is all natural. <laughs> oh, so, you, that's just uh, sheer depression. <laughs> How close? Because I, uh, I believe, like I always say it on stage, and if it goes well, like. The fantasy of suicide is often what gets you through suicide, like the relief of just being able to go like, yeah, I can just walk into Centrelink and put a gun in my mouth and blow my head up. <laughs> what a place to do it. Like, what a statement to make. Like, it's like not walking into like ASIC or something. It's walking into Centrelink. It's like the people who the people who take care of the lowest of the low, like the it, the most desperate uh, final like hand reach down to pull yeah, you yeah. back into the life raft. Like, those are the ones that you're mad at. It's, it's the $300 a week check not coming through. That's if you have to splash. Your brains all over the walls. Well, they're enablers because if they didn't give you that fucking can of tuna, you would kill yourself. But they give you enough to just keep you on life support. They're basically like someone, a coma baby, keeping you on in coma. I'm like, pull the plug. Why do you keep giving me just enough food to get some drinks, some cigarettes, and some spam? I'm like, fucking let me go. Do you know what I mean? They're feeding you. You've jumped off ship and you're in the water, and they're feeding you enough to just keep you afloat. Just, and occasionally, so you're mad that they are uh, that they're not pushing you down. They're enablers. <laughs> that the hand the hand is open and it's not a fist. <laughs> the hand should be a fist punching your face back into the way. Dude, it's actually it's a fucking torture chamber. <laughs> they basically it's head on the stick. You know, in uh, Wolf Creek where the guy cuts the spine, head on a stick, Make and an you effigy. keep it alive. Yeah, and I'm like. You know what you've done? You've, you're just keeping me alive so you can fucking... You know like when you say, oh, someone's molested my kid, I'm going to kill him. The best thing is to keep him in the shed on Centrelink. <laughs> yeah. Just with enough, enough hope to let keep them, going. Let them live at a subsistence level. <laughs> you know where you've gone wrong? Is you've forgotten the ethos of hope. Which is the degenerate gambler's hope that, you know, on, they go to the track and the scratch and win, they're going to win. Mm. They've got a new system. You've basically now looked at life too hard and you've realized your ego is washed away and you realize there is no hope. And even if you do well, you'll never be happy. And, and I'm saying you need to trick yourself again and think maybe having drinks at Mothership will be fun, even though you'll be thinking, I have nothing in common with anyone here. 
you know what I mean? And you quickly, it's like a second date syndrome where they come to understand you and go like, this guy's annoying. That's what we don't know with McCann. McCann's got extreme bipolar. He'll be locked out of there soon. Who knows what happens? (laughs) He could be in an Uber suddenly preaching off about a Catholic priest kissing a ring and they'll go, get out at the light. You're done, mate. And he'll be like, what are you doing? Did I actually heard that was the story? It was going to be on a podcast, but it was deeply religious. Mm. And then they, um, this is what I heard through the rumor. Then they saw some of his stand-up and go like, how does this... This is like, because there is a thing with this stand-up, it's, it's so good, but it doesn't really gel with a hardcore Catholic ideology. I mean, I mean there's some, I mean, there's some menace in there. I think that a lot of it does, it just like, it's sort it's of, very menacing. it's sort of said with, uh, with the, it's like a potential of irony there, which. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, none of it's ironic, though. The, they, they are genuine views. <laughs> but it's like a pastor in Nigeria with a shotgun. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's a menace to the way. Oh, my God. The pastor's got a fucking AK-47 <laughs> strapped to his belt as he does the sermon. Hey, there's danger in it. But um, anyway, man, what I was saying is you, I was loving it, dude. You know, my favorite thing is watching the New Year's thing, the servants, mm. Um. Like click through, you know, like watching the hard reset of their brain so they can click through for another round. Like it's so set up for them, right? That 31 December and seeing the relief on their face, we made it. It's all changing. We're free. And then I'm like, nothing's changed. Time's not linear. And I just love watching a slave get a second wind on New Year's (laughs) Eve for another year. (laughs) It's hilarious, man. Ah, that's the joy of it all. Yeah, um, so, but how was, how was Christmas? Oh, man, it's... You had the kids? No, well, I had them, I had an interesting thing because I was, my ex was very agreeable on Christmas Day and then I realised she did have a Christmas party and just didn't take them. There were family photos and I assumed she just wanted to get drunk on Prosecco and not deal with this shit. (laughs) So I was like, why didn't they fucking go? But I never brought it up because I was like, oh, I had them. But it's a very, um... You know, just swimming around, a beautiful mind vibe, not really chatting and people thinking, you know, like like I've had a stroke. Yeah. My family just looking at me going like, oh, he'll never be the same, will he, after all that, hey? <laughs> Look at him. He's just floating on his back, staring at the ceiling. And then, you know what's No real joy. Do you want any dessert? Don't care. Uh, do you, why don't we have a I don't drink in the day anymore and they're like well what are you gonna do anything and i'm like well i'm not hungry man that that's such an alarming statement i don't drink during the day anymore <laughs> like that's that's someone, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's someone who's been uh been forced to witness a horrible tragedy of their own cause i'll give people a hot tip 14 beers on a weekend when you've just recently divorced is a great way to have fun with the kids <laughs> <laughs> Fucking clawing around. I'm a fucking alley cat. Dad's almost drowning. Dad's made a bubbler. Dad's pissed in his own mouth. Bubbler, bubbler, bubbler. If you witness someone uh, imbibing the, that volume of liquid and it wasn't yeah. alcohol, you'd be you'd be terrified. Oh, mate. If you saw someone drink like eight litres of water just in an afternoon. It's like that... Galanka Gazanka Gloop drinking from oh, the Gus thing. Oh, Gus is a Gloop and William Wonka, yeah. 
Man, but I ran out of a Zempic and it's actually been a godsend because I was living on hand moisturizer. I was, because my skin was getting like a prune. I'm looking at clips. I went on the flight. I'm like, a, I'm like a fucking raisin, dude. My, my wrinkles, there's wrinkles everywhere. My, my <laughs> yeah, whole body. Man, like, it's because you're old and you're removing the fat. Dude, you're deflating a balloon and you're like, this balloon is it, like, it doesn't bounce Dude. anymore. It's got no fucking, it's got no give. It just sinks to the floor. What's that instrument that that goes together? The, the bagpipes? No, the box that it's like. Oh, um, the accordion. The accordion. <laughs> I've become like a human accordion, dude. Like, and, and I was started. I couldn't eat, and I was like, I eat moisturizer and soften from the inside out. It's it's a deep, a deep cleanse. Do you know? Has anyone thought about eating moisturizer <laughs> so you get it right from the core? Don't do it. On, that's a topical solution to a deeper problem. But anyway, so yeah. I got off it. I'm looking amazing, but I'm fat. I put on a, the weight almost. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's not. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> this is the other thing, right? Like when you're obsessed to the point that you're uh, you're using Ozempic because you need the results now, and you don't yeah, yeah. like looking in the mirror. It doesn't matter what you see in the mirror; you're going to be hypercritical of it. So at first, oh, it's yeah, like yeah. I'm too fat, and then you take the Ozempic, and you're like, "What are these wrinkles? This is crazy!" And then it's I'm too pale, I'm too brown, there's too much sun, there's not enough. It's it's because you're hyper focused at stuff. Because I was looking back at photos of me when I was fat. Lamenting, going, fuck, I just want to be like that again. What do I have to do? How do I get? I just don't want to be like a fucking prune, dude. Mm. But, um, oh man, I, it, I was having a lot of problems on Ozempic with massive sleeping, where it's just the afternoon I'd fall asleep because I hadn't eaten anything except for a hand sanitizer. And I, um, I'm back. I'm fucking back. I was sleeping for like I'd do a night sleep. There's a ten hours, and then a six hour day sleep. <laughs> Wait, ten hours? I do a night sleep for ten hours. So I'm doing like I'm doing like a sixteen. I'm doing a sixteen hour sleep. I was always on it, but man, the God sent for me now is Seroquel. Oh, I sleep like a fucking baby. It's very bad because I've started having it every night. And now I've fucked it up. Like, I was an all right sleeper, go to bed, fall asleep. Now if I don't have Seroquel, I'm like, fuck, I'm lying awake staring at the ceiling going, I've got to move out, I've got to do something, I've got to fix my fucking shit. I'm a drug addict now. Yeah, well, I mean, any time you change, like a, change a medication like Oof. that, it's going to fuck your sleep up. No, but dude, it's not for bipolar. I just went to the GP and got it for sleep because it's so sick to just have a 10-hour sleep. <laughs> And I don't care if it's drug-induced. It's just like every night I go to bed when as soon as I have the Seroquel and then wake up groggy fucking really late. Sometimes, if I time it wrong, I sleep through the open of the market. I'm like, fuck, the market's been open three hours. <laughs> I've fucking been asleep. It says that that's a big one. What's it called? Som- somnolence is a state of strong desire for sleep or sleeping for unusually long periods of time. Oh, dude, I loved it. It's the fifth highest in uh, antipsychotic. For sedation, it's quite hard. Oh, dude, it's a pow- it's a it's a beauty, and it's so tiny. And you're like, ooh, how many of those could I fit in my mouth at once? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. I'm, 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 I'm playing Sloppy Duck with Sarah oh, Quill <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the marshmallow challenge. Yeah. I, do you know what the thing was? <laughs> early on, they, but when I got it uh, from my psychiatrist early. They had a red sticker on it, a warning sticker, and they would only dispense a week's supply at a hit. 
Yeah, yeah. Now the Zimbabwean gave me like two months supply. I've got boxes of this shit. I think we've got a dog. We're dog sitting at the moment. I think the dog took a strip of them. Like they're everywhere. They're fucking falling around the house like candy. Like I'm fucking um, Pablo Escobar. I feel like Scarface, dude. I've got these fucking drugs everywhere. (laughs) Pop, 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 pop. You know what's so good is if you're bored, you just take eight hours. You're like, well, what am I going to do? It's, ah, that black, you know that everyone goes, oh, you don't know what date it is between Christmas and New Year's? You especially don't if you just have Seroquel every day. <laughs> yeah. You just wake up and you, and I'm, um, I'm loving it for the warp zone, dude. So how was your Christmas? Did you actually not see anyone? No, I mean. I didn't see anything. I love that, dude. <laughs> it, was, it was not good. I woke up for I woke up for two hours on Christmas Day and I watched Vertigo, and then I fell asleep again. Um, yeah. Then around nine thirty, I'm sure I don't know. I haven't I haven't looked at the news either, but uh, it's been like horrific storms. Oh yeah, it's been raining over there, man. And the Christmas was like crazy. I think they classified it as a tornado apparently because I woke up at 9.30 and it was like, man, I've, ne- I've never seen lightning. Like it was constant lightning. Just bang, 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 bang. What a perfect backdrop to take one's life. Yeah. You fool. <laughs> People could have just thought, found you floating in the pool and thought you'd been drowned by cane toads. You could have walked outside, man, and you would have been just uh, mystified by <laughs> by a lightning strike. The floods were crazy with the, the cane toads are like mini flies when they're born. They're tiny. Have you seen them just scrummaging around the ground? There's literally billions of them. I saw a lot of them when I visited Australia when I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. But then since moving here, man, like that whole, uh, that whole drive for – kids to take golf clubs to cane toads. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen I haven't seen one, man. Maybe I've seen one or two flattened, but I haven't seen any fucking cane toads for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you know what you know what um I did which was great for Christmas this year was buying on marketplace stolen goods. I went to the roughest area and our thing multiple times getting like remote control boats. I had guys going like acting like junkies going like, "Oh no, nah, mate, you're being weird about it. You're chatting." And I'm like, "Dude, the remote control uh, boat doesn't have a uh, battery in it. And he goes, whatever, mate. I know you're just being fucking... If you're going to be a fucking weirdo about it, you need to leave. And I'm like, all right, mate, calm it. You're going to get your drugs. Just give me the <laughs> goddamn stolen goods and put them in my boot. Off. But you know what I mean? Like, every... Most of my purchases were on the same street with these fucking house cunts loading my car up with shit they'd stolen from Kmart and other places. (laughs) Which reminds me, when I was a kid, because I used to have uh, mates that would steal Christmas for you. So you'd go like, what? You go like, what can 20 get from Santa Claus, who was a shoplifter? And he would go, oh, 20? Yeah, dude, I'll fill a bag with shit. Chocolates, jewellery, whatever. He goes, I just want cash so I can buy weed. So you just give him like, yeah, I've got a hundred bucks. Can you steal for five people? And he'd go, yeah, five people. And then I'm like, oh, what the fuck? A curling iron. And he goes, yeah, it was near the exit. I threw it in. I'm just loading bags with shit. Do you know, but it's, it does take away from the sentiment when your family, your mum bursts into tears and you're, you're not even sure what the gift was because it's just shoplifted items with fucking security seals on. What did you score from the uh, from the houses? What was your your big score? Oh, dude, the best thing we got was a remote control aeroplane, which I've just been letting the five year old drive because we got it so cheap. I got it for twenty bucks. 
He's flying a fucking plane down at the school, bombing <laughs> birds. We've had it thrown up. It's been caught in a tree three times. I've just got it down with a rock. Like we couldn't give a fuck. People think we're so rich because they're like, who just basically allows a five-year-old to fly like electrical equipment that's, you know, like that's obviously going to be damageable in his hands and just go, go for it, son. Go. He's higher than the trees. He's dipping. He's got the fucking remote the wrong way. He's crashing it. I don't give a shit. It's fucking stolen goods from the households. Households. But, um, man, it's just so hard. I was saying we didn't need – I said to someone, oh, we didn't need turkey on Christmas Day because I'm the turkey. <laughs> but what I, what, I was saying, what I was saying is it's so hard because back in the day, Christmas, I was actually quite a happy guy. So I'd have a Christmas shirt on, having actual cocktails. Now I'm just pretending. So it's one of the hardest acting jobs. Like I feel nothing. <laughs> I feel like I've got fire in my heart and death this is, and destruction. This is your audition for NIDA. <laughs> You're sitting through audition yeah. tapes. Dude, <laughs> how good's that? If you'd seen me last Christmas, you would let me in this program immediately. Dude, how good's that? That's how you get you get into top acting school by seeing a photo of you pretending to be happy <laughs> yeah. with your family. I'm at the Logies this year for best Christmas performance. Oh, dude, but it's like ripping a Band-Aid off because you're around the Spielberg family vibe. Do you know what I mean? Like, because there's the family unit. They're all in matching outfits. And then you arrive with your two boys with a box of Red Rooster and we're sort of wearing the same shirts, but everyone can see that when my boys get injured, no one's hugging them. There's no, there's no teat. Do you know? There's no nurture. They're in fight or flight. I'm flight or flight. We're all fucking struggling, scratching for relevance. We don't feel included. They said, oh, we had eggnog. Did you put out biscuits for Santa? I'm like, why bother? <laughs> my, my ex will just end up taking them. Do you know what I mean? Probably. Imagine that. You wake up, you put biscuits out, you put biscuit and rum and um, it gets court order. Half of it's shipped across to your ex's house. You're like, where's half of this biscuit? She's broken in and had 75% bite out of the biscuits. You're going, fair's fair. I'm always watching you, Andrew. Always be watching. I realised another reason I can never be flamboyant with money is because of that impending threat of being rinsed and, and shaken down. Mm, a fear of litigation. There's always litigation, so it's basically I have to turn my pockets out and moths have to fly out and all the money must be stuffed up my anus. I must have gold bars shoved up my anal pipe. No one can ever see the wealth. So that thing I said of like concealing money is actually also going to have to happen because I would rather bury my wealth in the desert than share it. And you know the other thing that happened was just watching people go viral with stand-up clips. It's hurts. <laughs> <laughs> frustrating. Who was going uh, viral that you're jealous of? Oh, just all, uh, every. I haven't. I haven't had fucking a lick of water, and I had to put up more of these fucking stupid interview clips. And and the guy keeps making me put thumbnails on that are way over engineered. I'm like, I don't want it. I just want normal shit. I'm fucking embarrassed. I went to Sydney. I got laughed in the green room for doing teddy bears in a shed. I can't do it anymore. I just want normal shit. Dude, like I, I, the desperation, door-to-door sales online, 
looking for followers. But man, you've things are going great, dude. I saw you're on a ten for ten lineup. Yeah, what's this ten for ten, man? You know that's how the problem. <laughs> I can't even fucking headline. I want all this shit, and I'm like, someone books me for twenty minutes. I have a fucking nervous breakdown. I'm like, I'm a twelve minute comic. I'm like, I can't fucking think for that long. My brain short circuits at the eight minute mark. I'm like, I'm overwhelmed with dopamine and reactions. It's quite insulting, man. A ten for ten lineup. That's you, that means you're only worth the one dollar. That's where like, the fuck's this? Where the fuck's this ten for ten lineup? Dude, I saw it on your story. It was like your picture, and it was like ten comics for ten dollars. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, where the fuck's... Yeah, 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 that's, that's normal for me, man. <laughs> and, the, you know, I went short. That's what's amazing. <laughs> I didn't even do my time. And that's the thing, dude. Like, it's all a fucking fallacy. Uh, yesterday I went for a walk and tried to riff some shit. And I was like, went up on stage, couldn't do it, just fucking went for the kill, just do the old shit, just couldn't handle it, <laughs> said one word. Just said, eating's tough. Anyway, I'm out. I'm out. And then just did my dog bit to collapse and then went home and go, like, oh, I can't fucking do this shit. I don't know, man. And so, uh, yeah, so what? Family Christmas uh, with the... Okay, so, so literally no contact. And I, I was telling my ex because I'm like, I want to take the kids to Bali and now I'm taking them to fucking down south for the same price because <laughs> they're not allowed to be around minority cultures apparently it's unsafe in indonesia (laughs) but it's more than fine to be around fucking met up bogans in western australia i can go down there but i was telling her look i don't want social approval anymore i have no intention of ever being in a group and she's like well what the hell you're not going to go to holiday with groups i'm like no i said i've elevated i found a level of consciousness that doesn't require validation by other people. And she goes, you're scaring the fuck out of me the way you're talking. Like, <laughs> yeah, not- man. That was pretty, that was pretty scary said, to be I- like, like, she's like, oh, you want to take the kids away to Bali? <laughs> you're like, yeah, I don't, I'm not seeking validation externally. So it's all like, we're on this conscious level. She's like, yeah, you can't go overseas with them. I need to be able, uh, to, I need to, be able to rescue them. <laughs> she, she needs a group. And she said, I want other people there. And I said, no, no, you don't understand what I'm teaching them. Is a, an elevated <laughs> this is not language you can use to convince your ex to let you take kids overseas. I said, we don't need group dynamic anymore. We will validate ourselves in the group, just the three of us. We don't need social approval anymore. Do you understand how much growth I've had to get to a point of a rare point in the human condition to actually not want friends or interactions anymore. That's and to not, not care. Point of it. It's not a good. That's not a desirable uh, mental place to be in. No psychiatrist is out there going. And if things are going really well, you will uh, just recluse yourself completely, and oh, yeah, yeah, take, yeah, yeah. and you'll take these seroquel pills to sleep. <laughs> this hermit. It's called the hermit. Hermit. Nirvana, like yeah, it's called cool. hermit mode, man. I've been going fucking full hermit mode, bro. Like, check out my TikTok, check out my Instagram. Oh, you got to see, we've got all these, all these stories, man. You can learn how to go hermit mode yourself, how to shut away. Uh, oh, mate, well, I'm going to teach you resist. how to black out your windows with tinfoil. Don't resist, don't struggle. Just lean into the hermit. <laughs> it's like pretend you're on Centrelink, call uh, on the voice waiting. And just listening to that, man, that'd be pretty good to 
uh, to like take your phone and record motivational videos at a gym, but instead of doing like a like, hey boys, it's Andrew here. We're going fucking beast mode at the gym today. Instead, you're in there near the uh, the dumbbells, being like, all right, guys, we're gonna go absolutely hermit mode. I'm gonna teach you how to uh, how to start cooking, like killing and cooking your own food, so you don't have to yeah, go to yeah, the supermarket yeah. anymore. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna be talking about vegetable patch and how you can have a vegetable patch inside if you get the right kind of light bulbs. Dude, it's like basically what I always said, like, you know, those um, doomsday preppers. Yeah. The only thing they didn't consider is that they're living in a bunker with beans for <laughs> eight years <laughs> with no contact. And they like, they realise they, they've already prepared because they're so crazy that they have no friends while life's still normal. So they totally squander the last three years of civilization by being a freak and then eventually end up in a bunker, the only man alive, and going like, you're probably better off to have just enjoyed the last three years. Like, and actually gone down to Adventure World, had some KFC, hung around everyone. You were bearing beans in a fucking cave for three of the last meaningful years of human existence. And now you live on light bulb light... (laughs) <laughs> drinking water that comes through the cracks in the cave. <laughs> Man, I um, I wonder because I, I would love to see, I reckon the true mindfulness is listening to that call waiting on Centrelink where they haven't paid you and you need that money for Christmas and then they play. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that is actually part of the psychology of what they're doing is teaching to reduce domestic violence. Is keeping that guy on the phone for four hours without without changing the music and just having him control his mood. First few weeks, he's punching shit, going, where's my wife? Where's my wife? I want to hit. But eventually he learns, like a Pavlovian dog. I actually think that call waiting has been done to calm these dogs. Hush, doggy. Hush doggy, hush doggy. Do you know what I mean? They think, look, what we need, most of these people need to be on call waiting for at least six hours a day to calm that fucking demon, that Jake the Must demon. That would be a great place to do some, uh, like, social re-engineering. So you've got, like, Tuesdays, you're just playing uh, healthy recipes on loop. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So dad's, dad's furious because his money's not through, but on Wednesday he's making he's making a nice vegetable medley for the kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, a tuna mornay that he's picked up. Ideally, ideally I would like to find a way. I want to try get on that, our podcast on Centrelink. <laughs> yeah, I want to be in Coles. Yeah, we just got picked up by Centrelink. We're the whole music now. It's a pretty big oh, deal, dude. actually. <laughs> Centrelink, hold music and be at Coles and Woolies. And it's just like, and you can hear, man, oh, dude, if I could ever get that, I would love my life. <laughs> if you went into Woolies and you could hear me talking while you shopped, oh, my God. Do you not love it? Yeah, you know, I told you, I think I told you we had that uh, at radio school, we had a, like a microphone, like some wireless mic system, and the frequency was picked up by the Woolworths across the road. Oh. And our uh, our teacher, like our lecturer, was uh, he was the voice for the Woolworths ads, like the specials. So we would yeah. have him. He, so we would have him do just random announcements and be like, "Bananas are now free for the next ten minutes. Oh. <laughs> Get a free banana at the produce section." And he was the voice. So it's like the people in the Woolworths were like, "What the fuck's going on? This doesn't seem right." Oh, but mate. it's the guy, <laughs> mate. You know what that. 
that is yeah, that's everything, man. That's everything. <laughs> yeah, being able to being able to patch into uh, to public announcement services, dude. You know, I was actually thinking because that's why I realized stand up sucks so much. It's it's pretty much the performance of someone looking it into someone in a drive through window with that little mic headset on. That's about as much movement most people do, right? It's, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm tying this in what we're talking I don't yeah. know. It just got me thinking about like drive through windows and announcers. Mm. Yeah. Because this is what I realized. One, no good content and swearing a lot. But the reason my stand-up does so badly is it's effectively just looking at someone in a drive through window. There's no animation. Sometimes I think I went crazy and moved my foot. And I'm like, I didn't even move my foot. It's just marginally. But you know what I'm saying? Like. The amount of I, I don't know why I pivoted to this. We should have stayed where we were talking. I don't know what I'm doing. I thought this would seamlessly pivot, and we're better off talking about getting in on um, various uh, help waiting <laughs> things. I thought what you were going to say is that the issue with stand up is that uh, it is that it's not forced. Like people have volunteered to come and watch. Whereas something yeah. like something like a public announcement system or a drive-through window gives you the opportunity oh, to yeah, yeah. get inside people's heads who were otherwise not willing to listen to you. That's what I was thinking because I early on in stand-up, I used to do street stand-up. It was very good in Sydney where I would just basically yell all my bits <laughs> just walking the streets at a woman. So I'd be like, yeah. And that's when she said, you know, lick it, lick it, suck it, dick it. <laughs> And then the lady would be like, oh, what's, what's wrong with you? And just run off. And I'm like, so you prepared for bombing because you're at, uh, you could hear that crossover thing and you're yelling going like, what's the deal with embarrassing bodies? Do you know what I mean? And talking to a weird Chinese guy on a scooter and you're doing your punchlines to people actually fleeing. People have told me, people who were there told, have told me that you were a... Uh, an absolute lunatic to be around when you had uh, comedy zone uh, yeah. because you were, I guess you were in a transitional period in your life. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you like just, just being a, being a menace instead of flying oh, correctly. Dude. Yelling. Mm. I almost, I got hit. I almost got hit by two homeless guys doing my set, just <laughs> walking on the street, practicing and a, Homeless guys that had Tourette's as well, or or like, you know, like had psychosis, trying to lash out and kick at me. Like I'm the crazy Jesus man. The people who needed that Sarah Quill man. Did a guy <laughs> tried to fight me once out the front of town hall, and I ran up and I saw a bee and I punched it out of the sky and it fell and dropped on the ground. <laughs> it's a weird moment. I don't know what happened. There was a bee bumbling around. There was a homeless guy trying to fight, and then I smacked. The bee out of the sky, it dropped to the ground, and that was like my fucking don't mess with me. What is, anyway, the, what is this hatred for bees that you have, man? That's, uh, that's oh, something dude. you need to reconcile. <laughs> it's not dude, good. I love nothing more. You know the best is you're walking and you see a bee and your step goes an extra meter to the right and you stand on it <laughs> and you feel it crunch. And you go, dead bee. <laughs> Dead baby. No, I've never killed a bee. Oh, were people saying I was manic? I was manic, dude. There were stories from Raw. There's stories of me throwing bottles at the town hall, yelling something about Susan Proven. <laughs> from um, Comedy Zone, I was re- restrained because I tried to climb up into the Melbourne Town Hall and throw 
the comedy zone flowers uh, fra- fl- flies onto the street. Okay, you were restrained by other people, not you were restraining yourself. They were like, dude, what are you doing? And I was trying to climb to the top of the tower, like the hunchback from Notre Dame and throw flowers going, come down, down. And dude, I was being very weird. <laughs> I kept telling a lot of the pro comics, like, where have you been? I'm fucking, we're performing, seven. Do you know, like, so I'd go up to professional people from the UK acting as if, like, that zone meant anything and that it was peculiar that they hadn't watched and come to see us do our five-minute spots. I remember accosting Cody. Thankfully, I don't think he remembers. Hostile, being hostile and demanding why he hadn't come yet. We're in week three. I've not seen barely anyone, any of you cunts. I'm like, dude, just the sense of entitlement. But it, but it was all um, a joke. <laughs> it was a joke because I I, I, I did the same thing to um, Dilrock, which which was continue every time I was talking to him. When anyone walked past, I go, I get it. You're with Token. You signed with Token. You need to chill, Dill. We get it. And he would be like, he'd be like, you absolute cunt. We were talking about accounting. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a little joke, dude. It's funny. <laughs> he, he literally, 20 times, it looked like he just couldn't shut up about his fucking token <laughs> thing. So they were saying I was acting crazy. Oh, yeah, I've heard brief recollections of you being, uh, being a lunatic at whatever your zone was. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you know what the thing? They are only performing for an hour a day. You're performing all the time. Full start. Except, like, yeah. for, except for when you've taken the Sarah Quill. And that's what I'm saying <laughs> to you. How much do you want it, baby? I'm always been closing. <laughs> I'm doing closing always bits. Be close. <laughs> Man, it works for sales and it works for stand-up, dude. Always be closing. I had always hoped, because I had a few crazies, like uh, I went out with him. He ended up getting arrested. <laughs> that was a good night. But there were a couple of like mani- maniacs that you would you would tether in with, and then you're at the off to the races, the rodeo. They are a few like minds that basically just want to poke and prod and stir, mm-hmm. stir the pot and create chaos. I find it crazy that people would be conventional. I mean, we've said it on the pod before. I find it insane that someone would even talk to a civilian. I mean, like, I'm just watching them on dates. I'm almost throbbing my mouth. I'm like, Lord knows what they're talking about, but fuck, I'm glad I can't hear them. I'm like, what would these people be even articulating? They literally have nothing. The thought of most Christmases, just the thought of the interactions makes me fucking want to rip my eyes out. Wow, what a great show. If you want more Sure Thing, check out the Patreon. Longer episodes, Patreon-exclusive episodes every week, and most importantly, it's the best way to show you care. Patreon.com, Sure Thing. How have, um, how have things been with your parents over this holiday period? Oh, man, I'm mo- I have to move out. I'm moving out. I'm looking at places now, hey? Yeah, I know. It's just It's been a long... It's been a few months of that, so I was wondering how. No, no, it's not been a few months. It's... It's it has been like, a few months. What are you talking about? It's not been a few months. You brought it up a couple months ago, man. 
I'm not ch- chiding you about it. I'm just saying it has high no. Like this, this, this it got curtailed in the Christmas break because everyone's too busy at little pools exchanging recipes for eggnog and whatever tuna, mornays. Most of their convos exchanging recipes and negotiating who's going to have Christmas the following year. Maybe we can have it at Jeff's house. He doesn't have a pool, but we could get an inflatable and, and you could have fun. Sounds good to me. I don't mind. Yeah. We're going to have to... Anyway. So how about how, how have things been with your parents over uh, over Christmas and New Year? Oh, man, I don't want to get I don't want to get into it, eh? <laughs> do you know... Do you know what, you know, you know what actually kills me? It doesn't sound good, man. You've, you've made it like... You've made it, it sounds a lot like you've been living in your car in the driveway. I'm almost like... I'm almost like, you know, that... Um, that curfew teenager that's boarded up his room <laughs> with... Uh, Put the bed up against the door and is leaving in and out through the window. Going, I'm not coming out. I'm not coming out until I get my Nintendo Switch back, mummy. <laughs> I um, dude, you know what? Sarah Quill and watching um Gummo and Kids. What's that guy? <laughs> you can't. You can't. I watch. You can't be taking Sarah Quill and watching fucking Harmon Corinne. Movies. I watch. I did. I, I wormhole. That's basically what I did on Boxing Day. I wormhole Harmonker in movies on Seroquel. I watched Kids, and I I was loving Kids. Then I passed out in Seroquel, and I'd I I'd, I'd posted, um, Kids is my new Christmas movie, and I hadn't got up to the whole rape thing at the end, and I was like, oh no. I had that up for a few hours going, this is my new Christmas movie. Forget Die Hard. It's all about kids. And then I saw, oh, it really deteriorated. That last 20 minutes was fucking jarring. Dude, I mean, the last, I feel like the last, uh, the last five minutes of that movie is just really a culmination of the first hour and 25 minutes of that movie. Oh, dude. But then Gummo spoke to me so much. Then I was watching documentaries with him, his interviews with Letterman. I watched all his shit. He's got that. I haven't, I, I couldn't bring myself to watch Ben Humpers or whatever. Ben Humpers. Uh, trash, trash Humpers. It's old pensioners that bang dustbins. It's a two-hour movie. I was like, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> trash Humpers? Look up his... his his sequence of movies. Uh, trash Humpers. All oh, right, right. Trash Humpers. And I saw the video and I just saw an old man with his pants down banging a dustbin. And I was like, I don't think I can watch two hours of this. Harmony, I'm like, the I film do- opens with multiple shots of a gang of elderly individuals masturbating to trash. Oh, uh, dude, he actually... <laughs> he said it was true story. He said he lived near a retirement home and he'd often look out the window and see... Pensioners fucking bins. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, Gummo is such a good movie. Fuck, it's good. I haven't watched all of Gummo, but I have seen um, Kids Can Park and uh, oh, and then oh. like Spring Breakers and The Beach Bum are also pretty good, but they're quite different. Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched I watch, I watch Spring, Spring Break. Spring Break has got like a weakness to it, script, because it's too Hollywooded. But I know mm. that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. But there's still, there's still something good. There's, uh, there's just that camera that's the, he, that camera that's too clean is puts me off. But I know they did it trying to be Instagram, and he had a he had a plan with it. But I'm like all the footage outside. I hated the party scenes that were in the 
that high resolution camera. It was just jarring. Yeah, yeah. Everything else I enjoyed. The Beach Bum is good. I like the Beach Bum more than Spring Breakers, I think. Oh, dude, I actually love Spring Break. I thought um, Franco was fucking wicked. I th- it. Yeah, it's a good movie, man. Like, I, I like a lot of Harmony Corinne stuff. But uh, I just thought, I just thought the, the Beach Bum was, it was, uh, it was a, Better film. I haven't. I haven't watched Beach Bum. It's good, man. And I'm You'll like watch it. it now. You like it a lot. It's it's it follows Matthew McConaughey around the whole time. It's written. It's real oh. good time. It's fun, dude. Because I um, I just love Harmony because he takes such big risks with the camera footage mm. that could be destructive, but every angle is like, oh, what? Don't ah, oh, you know? That's what killed Spring Break. Because there was a, more money in the budget and you could tell that some fucking pen pusher had gone, nah, 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 we need the proper, like, knocked up footage as well in there, mate. And I'm like, just the gummo, Matt. Gummo was like, it It just was perfectly captured. Because sometimes I, when growing up, I saw a coffee coffee table book of just, like, the poor. You know, mm. freaks <laughs> with, like, they look like a potato head that's been bashed in and it's a real person that's a truck driver from <laughs> Spearwood. We had yeah. that and I love that book. There used to be like incestuous twins and this weird looking lady with fat lips and I used to flick, flick, flick and I'm like, that's Gummo just brought to life. That fucking creepy, incestuous little fucking, um, fucking, yeah, horrible little boy eating spaghetti in the bath. Just like, oh, it's just so fucking is what it is to be poor. He nails it. Those are the type of people, the offcuts of genetics, just the fucking horrible freakos that sort of end up just sniff, putting their finger in their butts and sniffing the finger. Do you know weirdos? I was watching a lot of Adam Curtis stuff over... Uh uh, over December that really... I have never watched any of it, man. You've got to get me in this. It's not good, man. It's, it's what I was saying about you shouldn't be taking Sarah Quill and watching Harmony Corinne films. Dude, I, like, I'll tell you. If you're on the edge, it's not a good... Th- like, And if you're on the edge and you're watching Adam Curtis documentaries... Oh, my God. Six hours of found footage and we- just like weird existential ideas. It's not good. It, it, actually, it, it drives it, you... It, it puts you in a spiral. It's actually a, a sign of a great director or uh, movie maker where they change you because of it. Because Harmony's very much like Eat Carpet, which they used to have on SBS, which was these crazy fucking a fly on a piece of cheese and then the, you could see wind blowing. I used to watch that for hours, like just insanity, like where you had lost all sense of reality and you're just looking at images it's like like if like you've had too much uh, lsd and your whole mind's gone and you're just saying and carnival images and then you know what i mean meat being thrown in a bin and someone urinating and then ha, 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 ha. but it's it's actually cathartic but also very dangerous for your mental health because it really makes you mental if you're on a precipice those are uh they can push you over the edge, you know? If everything's good, though, and you watch a Harmony Corinne film, you're like, oh, I don't like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. This isn't nice. I don't want to watch this. But if you're, if you're there, man, if you're standing on the, on the edge, like, it's a, it's a kick. It's a kick that sends you flying. But you know what he does? He makes you realise there is sanity in insanity because it's just, like, uh, little vinaigrette shots but it all actually makes sense Vinegar, to an insane man. Vinaigrette shots. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it makes sense to an insane man. Vignettes, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, you got to, you got to. Um, but, you know, it actually makes you realise that is the, the end destination of all the creators. The McCanns, you see him, like the earring comes in, he's doing the Christmas, and like ultimately a fly on a bin with a pension of humping the trash can, yelling, that's the full creative, you know, coming creatively that that is the ultimate expression of creativity is to just go fucking berserk <laughs> that's what you need on stage do you know what i mean you need on stage when you try to shit into your own mouth as as you play a violin but i'm like but then yeah you have to rein it in because a lot of people aren't on seroquel and a lot of people have normal lives and to watch a weird guy you know with weird gloves on screeching and fiddling but yeah, man, it's a funny, funny thing. Like we've always said, being homeless, crazy, a guy in a bus stop or a guy actually an open micer working on a set. <laughs> Who will ever know the difference? But but then how come uh, uh, how come the like developed creative ideas or with time the creative starts to uh, become cleaner and uh, more refined and less. Gonzoy, you know, like like we talk about yeah. with stand-ups. Once the uh, uh, once the struggle is gone, it's it it becomes more uh, generic and and shiny. Well, that's that that's that's uh, um, the American comedy scene. But like, shouldn't it go the other way? Like, shouldn't it be yeah, yeah, shouldn't it be heading towards trash humpers and and gummo? Well, well, I think I think that's where they the, where the greats go. Kinnison got worse. Mitch Hedberg got worse. And Mitch, the Hedberg, get worse. Mitch Hedberg got dead pretty quick. I don't know if he yeah, had but, a chance to get worse. But what, I, what I'm saying is Norm MacDonald got more and more degenerate. He, he got was better. gambling away all his money and he got, better. got better. And better yeah. He got more and more chaotic. And then there's the other league, the guys with the Nike jumps that you see at the comedy store and them. They're all wearing shiny white shoes and wasting everyone's fucking time. Do you know what I mean? Doing wah, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, we've all got TikTok and we can all pretend to be an 80s comic. <laughs> what are you doing, cunt? Like, there's nothing new, <laughs> mate. We want harmony. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why people get blown away that, that Casey Rockets is around and he moves around stage like a homeless guy around a bus stop and people are loving it. Or that new guy that, that collects rocks and he sells rocks, which is what's... <laughs> what's so says? What's this? He goes, I like, I got, I like rocks, and that's all he's really got. He sells rocks at the end, which was obviously an early incarnation of us, where we wanted sticks as merch, various <laughs> sticks that I've just gathered, and you sell them. But we never ever got the profile because our pod just never ever gained any momentum. Yeah, it's found the it's found uh, an audience size that's very comfortable with. <laughs> it's in a shame cycle. It's it's abused. It, it, you know, it's like basically, it's a weird thing, right? It's like a guy that's cheating on his wife and he's picked up three prostitutes, three hookers, but he could have kept going more and more. And it's weird <laughs> that he ended up settling just with three and that's our audience. We had this momentum where suddenly we picked up a few of these rough street whores listening in. But then it was odd that we would just then settle on all, only three. Why don't I just continue 
driving and banging. I think it driving makes no. I think it makes sense, man. I think it's like you're out there, like man, tonight's gonna be wild. We're gonna go crazy, and then you pick up the three hookers, and you're like, well, that's kind of all I actually have room for. This is oh, yeah, that's the capacity. It's a five seater car, but the middle seat in the back, no one's getting in there. So, but it's actually a strange. It's a peculiar thing, and and it's proof that we're in a simulation because you open up a creative channel. <laughs> this is proof that we're in a. Tell me how it's proof that we're in a simulation. You open up a creative channel, right? So there's a leak in the ship. So the ship should now fill with water, but we just suddenly get this flood. Of water coming in and then it meets it reaches the point of equilibrium and stops filling and I'm like that's that defies physics because we had this flood for a few You're months saying it when we first started. Physics that we that this podcast is not more popular. Well, I, I, I'm saying things should things should either regress and go like wow it's just a loop fuck it off yeah off, like off, the off, idea off. of momentum does suggest that it should continue. The law of physics should be like a ball should either go. Up or down, it can't just suddenly suspend in the air and stay at the exact viewership that we've got. It should either be dropping and we could go, oh, great, we've got three listeners left, let's quit this shit, or keep going up. But it just sits there in a state of suspended animation, just annoying you, so you go, like, did someone freeze time? Did someone freeze all the time? And just the same fucking number of people listen to the same thing. And we haven't had anything new. We haven't said a new thing on this pod for fucking a year. <laughs> There's not a new premise. Yeah. I can't think of any more. It does deny inertia, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It defies <laughs> physics, dude. The laws of gravity, either we're on a trajectory up or a trajectory down. How the fuck did the ball get suspended midair? <laughs> you, know I mean? you fucking explain that. Yeah, like flipping a coin and it lands on its side and just doesn't, dude, it just stays there. That's what I'm saying to you. The fact the ball is suspended at the exact same numbers defies and proves the simulation. <laughs> We're getting fucked, Josh. We're getting fucked by the creator. Fuck you, creator. I'm going to piss in the circuitry board. I'm going to put my little willy in your central processor. Um, and so, uh, wait, what did you tell the Zimbabwe guy, this doctor, man? Hey, oh, Mr. Wolfie. Hey, I said. <laughs> got to take your blood. What did you tell him to get the Seroquel? I had doc- doctor hey, boy. My brother, you got a problem in your head. We got to do something about the bad things going. You got a demon inside your brain. Demon, de- the demon makes me fuck. The demon makes you sad. We got to get rid of it with these magic pills. He just, he went crazy. I just said, man, I need more of those Seroquels. <laughs> you, wait, you said, man, I need some Seroquel. Yeah, it, sound, it sounded like a guy, you know, at a house party and going, dude, I need something to lift me. I need something. You, you, you said, I, I think I need some Seroquel. And he was just echoed back, I think you need some Seroquel. Dude, you know what the worst is? He was away because I've been trying to get the... I've been trying to get this Ozempic script back. Yeah. No, I did like that. I've been trying to get this Ozempic script back and he was he's on holiday. He's going back to the motherland to go and give bread out to his fucking extended family or whatever they do. My brother has been attacked by a lion. I have to go help free him. Dude, they have a Black Santa, which is just anyone that's been driving taxis or uh, anyone that's living in a first world country goes back to their homeland. <laughs> They're really rich. I have to go back to my village. I am the Santa. Black Santa. <laughs> Look at me. I am the Santa now. <laughs> I'm Black Santa. When he goes back and goes, you earn how much? All right. 
Oh, here is. I got bread and and they got bags just with bread. Hey, they, they open the hand luggage and they're like, why has he just got um, tip top bread? I have to go take Ozempic back to my village. Dude, imagine getting caught with a bag full of tim, uh, tip top bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 400 loaves they go that has to be there must be some restrictions put on this. but um yeah yeah so he was cut off and then i went to a guy that's actually qualified and i said look dude i've got the Zempic. this doctor this serbian guy romanian more fucking eastern european yeah. so more fucking fuck your you know what i mean yeah, like fucking yeah. gestapo energy so this motherfucker, he was like, well, you actually shouldn't even be on Ozempic. We stopped doing those scripts. And I'm like, well, whatever. Cuthbert doesn't give a fuck, right? I'm on Seracle. I'm on anything this, anything I want, baby. Fuck you. But anyway, we ended up in an argument because he was like, no, because it had to be stopped because of diabetics. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the big thing is the Ozempic. The, the diabetics who couldn't get the Ozempic were having the a Ozempic really bad time. And then I had a big fucking blow up with him and I'm like how's fucking obesity not a as bad an issue as diabetes and he goes well I, I think you'll find that diabetes is a result of obesity you know like it's the final stage where you lose limbs I'm like whatever mate you can die of a heart attack from eating as well give me the fucking script but um he had a very he did not have a good um we did not have a good interaction. I had to apologise. And then he gave me a referral to an ear, nose and throat specialist saying I've done damage to my voice. Like from yelling. <laughs> he said, what I'm actually worried about is your voice sounds very gravelly. And I think we need to see whether you've got reflex or you're yelling a lot. Did you tell him about drinking all the chocolate milk to calm down your insides? I did. So, so how's this? I came in to get Ozempic. The guy then said, your voice sounds like... Like a fucking ashtray. You've got to go see someone about it. You don't sound well. I'm like, oh, that's amazing because I said I'm out of breath. I can't even really walk on stage. I lose breath. Uh, my voice, I lose it. If I do a 12-minute set, the last two minutes, I can't even really talk anymore. I said, and he goes, yeah, yeah, that's actually quite... Yeah, you, you, you've been yelling this whole time. <laughs> and, me. and I go, shut your mouth, mate. Obesity is worse than diabetes. Diabetes is fuck all. Give me my drugs. So I'm not on Ozempic now, and I'm actually feeling fucking incredible, even though I put on about five kilograms. Yeah, man, it's because you were starving your brain. Your brain didn't have <laughs> oh, enough energy to do stuff. I almost went Harmony Corinne on myself. <laughs> I was fucked. I was getting crazy, dude. I was living on the smell of an oil rag, smell of a chucky box. <laughs> it was fucking bad. I was having... Three of those little chalk boxes and salt and vinegar chips and then hand moisturizer, which I'd eat to try soften the core. Does that mean you've um uh, you've been eating did you eat real food over Christmas? Oh mate, I, I couldn't believe it. Just my appetite came back. But a lot no no lessons learnt. Just multiple trips to uh, drive through windows. <laughs> <laughs> Slushies. But having like Angus burgers from McDonald's and saying, oh, they they seem like pretty, just like a burger you'd make at home. <laughs> really? Don't you think? Sure. <laughs> I mean, they look healthy. They look like mama, mama would make them. Do you know what I mean? The other ones you're like, oh, no, this is prison food. You can get fat <laughs> on this. But the, the Angus burger looks like an old mum's made it. You're like, oh, this is if you went to a barbecue. 
You can't get fat at barbecues. Dude, I think all McDonald's is fine, man. It's not as trashy as people. People are like, this is crazy. It's like eating paper. Yeah. It's fine. It's like, it's sh- it's shit and trash food, but it's fine. It's not like... Well, I have, I have uh, mates that have ended up with gout from its skinny mates, so it is not ideal. I don't think the McDonald's is the uh, contributing factor. The McDonald's isn't yeah, causing drinking. gout, man. Gout is a... Like, there are a lot of other things happening for you to get gout. <laughs> It was like that guy on Super Size Me because it turned out he he wasn't eating the he, – he put on weight, but he wasn't even eating McDonald's. He was just basically cheating. Was he not? Nah, they proved that he he wasn't on that diet. <laughs> they proved? What do you – how did that – when was this, like, uh, debunked? How how long ago was it debunked? Oh, Super Size Me. It turned out Super Size Me was, like – no one can really be bothered going to McDonald's that often. That was the big conspiracy. No one can be bothered going to McDonald's that often. Dude, it was like they didn't have Uber Eats then and you had to keep driving there and a true fatty would eventually take a day off because they're just like, I can't be bothered going. I'm going to get uh, Pizza Hut. Can you believe that McDonald's didn't used to be delivery? It was a different world. Pre-Uber Eats, right? You couldn't get McDonald's delivered. You had to have, and that's back when you had to earn your earn your Slurpee, earn your slop. You had to used to walk. They were everywhere, so you only had to work about three meters. No, I, no one's getting fucking McDonald's delivered, man. Like that's the last thing you're getting delivered on uh, on an app. I got on lockdown. I was getting um, everyone with COVID. I would send them like. A McDonald's delivery, but it was just the cherry tomatoes. That cost me a dollar. <laughs> so they would open their door and get excited because people were giving them gifts because they locked down and it was just from me, like uh, the cherry tomato, the cheapest thing on the menu, just to, to get their hope up and then go, go fuck yourself, dude. I don't care. I'm not locked in. I'm not helping you. Suffer in your box. But, um, dude, I, I was speaking to a, a guy over Christmas heading into the clinic to get my um, your, to get my medication. Yeah, to, to meet your new Serbian doctor. And he was from a country, I've got to look it up, I put it in my phone, and it was one of the last countries he said no McDonald's. And he sent me, he showed me footage of it, photos, and I was like, God, it's beautiful. And I'm like, but not beautiful enough to stay, though, is it, you cunt? <laughs> you fucking... I've got to stop saying the C word, by the way. Why is that? A, I've that's overused been a it. Problem. Anyway, look, have you have you visited the uh, air, nose, and throat doctor yet? No, nah, they. It was crazy because the lady at the front said, "No, we will we will send the referral and they'll be in touch." I was like, "That doesn't sound like any experience I've ever had." Mm. I said, "The chances of you sending a fax and a third party actually actioning it, from my experience in life, is about one percent." I said, that's a 99% fail rate from my experience of you've got two numbskulls interacting together. I'm like, that's like two monkeys creating fire. I'm not getting a fucking referral. And guess what? 10 days on or fucking how many days on? Not a peep. The monkeys have left the cage. Uh, no referral letter, no booking. They said, I said, miraculously, you're going you're gonna to send a letter to a monkey the monkey's going to book and contact me. I'm like, not on your nelly. Not on your nelly. And I was right. It's gone into the fucking void, into the suspended animation of the simulation. The facts will stop midair and it will require me driving and fucking choking the woman at reception going, book me in. My voice needs help. 
if my um if my medical experience in this country is anything to go by with my shoulder yeah in six months you'll get a call from an unknown number and it'll be that man like they will be so backed yeah. up and then you'll say what i thought this was urgent it was six yeah, months yeah. ago and they'll go yeah we just got to you on the list dude you know what's crazy is i was reading a a lot of pains caused just by your mind back pain they're books that explain this to people that, that, that a lot of this stuff that my voice is probably bad because of posture because I'm so sad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm slumping my head down and it's resting on my vocal cords and and grazing them. Do you know what I mean? I would like Causing to... Causing friction. Um, uh, do, you, do you have any, like, recorded anything of, uh, I don't know, school plays or something from... Where, where you would have been younger. I just want to hear your voice through the ages. No, no, no. No, remember you said that because uh, creatively I was rejected by the school system. I had that woman in the music teacher who told me, you. Oh, I pulled a finger at her and I think she said, yeah, something about a guy like you will never make it to university. <laughs> yes. And I was like, yeah. and that was the only, and then I was out of music. Plays? No, no, not me. Not a white guy. No chance for me to be creative. Not a white guy. What are you talking about? You grew up. You, your decade was the white boy decade, no. man. I was even there for the end of the white boy decade. It was fine. All the cushy jobs are reserved for minorities. No, <laughs> we have to be. I have to do fucking accounting. For fuck's sake. I want to pretend to be a tree on stage. Why can't I be fucking Morgan Freeman? Leveraging your home Margin personal loans Hedged by put contracts Holding 